When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, ladies and gents, boys and girls, what is going on Wednesday, September the 7th, 2022? Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. I appreciate you all tuning in. You know, I jumped on. We had five comments before I even clicked the go live button. So you guys are in here. You're ready to rock. Again, appreciate you all tuning in here on this Wednesday, this hump day Arkansas week, as we all know, had a jam-packed podcast drop this morning. And again, really excited to take your questions, your comments, and your calls at 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. I see Daniel Graham, Travis Lee, Leonard Matthews, Chase Orvin, Chad Taylor, uh, DC, Cody Gaskins, <coughs> excuse me, Chase Floyd, Chris Miller, Brett Russ, Josh, John Edward, Stephen Borwell Jr., Travis Allen, Travi. What's up, guys? Appreciate you all tuning in. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord. Sorry about that. I bumped my own mic. Those in the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure that your questions are answered there. Guys, just in a couple of minutes, we will have our good friend, Anthony Treesh of Pro Football Focus. He will join us. So right now, excuse me, I'm going to go ahead and close up the phone lines because obviously we don't want the conversation with Anthony being interrupted. Uh, But really excited to talk with him, guys. Again, I think what's really cool about this on a weekly basis, we're going to really talk the numbers and the analytics side with Anthony Treesh, right, and really get his feedback on on everything that happened, how certain guys graded, stuff like that. So really excited to get the feedback, like I said, from Anthony Treesh and just hear what his thoughts were and what the numbers say about the Gamecocks' performance each and every single weekend. And, of course, guys, we'll also, of course, look at the game this weekend against Arkansas. Before we go any further, guys, of course, I want to tell you about our friends over at Price Picks because the Daily Crow is brought to you by our friends at Price Picks. We all love winning money, right? We talk gambling on the podcast today. Go download the Price Picks app. Go to pricepicks.com. When you sign up, use the promo code TSUS. You're going to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you sign up. Guys, they're literally giving you free money. And, of course, it's all prop plays. So, over, under, passing yards, rushing yards, touchdowns, whatever it might be. Guys, it's a great opportunity to win money each and every single week with our friends over at Price Picks. And you can gamble on anything, whether it be college sports, NBA, NHL, MLB, It does not matter, guys. That's the beauty of it. But, of course, there's no other book out there that has prop plays for college sports. Prize picks is the way to go. And so many of our folks, I know so many of you out there, have won a ton of money playing with prize picks, so you all can vouch for it. Again, that's our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And again, we appreciate our friends over at Prize Picks for their love and support of the Spurs Up Show. What's going on? Hey, appreciate you all. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, 
We should be getting Anthony Treesh in here in the next minute or so. Really excited to chat with Anthony. Stephanie Lee, what's going on? Appreciate you tuning in. Brett Russ, again, I mentioned Daniel Graham. Um, let's see. Let's see if we can get a question or two in here. David Garrick, people don't realize the difference between practice speed and game speed. The difference between being in shape and being in game shape. That's a very good point. Hey, David, that's a very, very good point, my friend. Very, very good point indeed. You make a great point, my guy. Um, uh, let's see. I saw somebody comment about... Let's see. Braves and Mets. How about that? Tied atop the NL East. How about that? P-Doc is uh, going through it right now. Chase Orvin. The negative feelings have finally blown over Chase. I, you know, I, I think it's just nobody wants to beat a dead horse. Um, now, Chase, we're going to talk about how does the week one performance, how does that play into looking at week two? Um, I don't think it was even like, that's the thing. It wasn't negativity. It, it was just a reaction to how the game on Saturday night went. Like, I just simply put, don't want to beat a dead horse all week. But like, I, I stand by everything I said, and I will literally reiterate Everything I said, the offensive line played horrifically. That's it, right? So, but we don't need to keep saying it over. Now we turn our attention to Arkansas. And now we turn our attention, our good friend, Anthony Tresha, Pro Football Focus, is in the building. Anthony, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good. Sorry if I look a little sweaty. Just got out of the gym. So I didn't no, know. dude. Hey, you're good. Man. I, so I, cool. normally, I normally get my, uh, my gym session in right after this show, for those who are wondering. I, I like to kind of like cut my day in half. You know what I mean? We do this live show, then we then we hit the gym. But uh, no, man, appreciate you uh, taking the time. Obviously, I always look forward to chatting with you every single Wednesday. Hey, first things first, let me just ask you this, because there were many, many games this weekend. How was it taking in all the football? I know you're a football junkie. You're a football guy. I'll tell you, man, yesterday, like having that first day without college football in like five days, it's kind of like a – Oh, man, like it's like going through withdrawals. How how was it? How would you enjoy your weekend watching all that football Thursday through Monday? Yeah, man, it was um, – I thought about it actually too yesterday. I was like, man, we, we should have more football. This <laughs> I mean, I liked it. Like Thursday, you had some. Friday, like you said. Um, it was good, though. I had, of course, that wedding on Saturday, but found a way. We were streaming. I was on the party bus. I was watching North Carolina App State, that crazy game. And, you know, the nighttime came, and I – Saw the score of the South Carolina game, didn't get a chance to watch it. And I was like, okay, they did kind of what I thought I did. Went back and watched. I was like, well, that didn't really – it got the end result, but the yeah. whole process to getting there wasn't quite as I was expecting. Um, so it's an even more interesting matchup this week. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because we've been talking about that obviously all week, Anthony, that when you just – when you look at the final score in the Gamecocks season opening victory against Georgia State, if you just looked at the score, you'd say, oh, man, like things must have went really well. Spencer Rattler probably threw for 300. This offense was clicking on all cylinders. And like you mentioned, you go back and you watch the actual game and you realize the path to get there. It didn't quite go as planned, which, again, tends to happen in season openers. Uh, what I think is so interesting talking with you, Anthony, each and every single week is you have a unique vantage point, again, from the numbers side of things and the grades and all that type of stuff. So let's start on the offensive side, and let's just start with Spencer Rattler. You know, you look at his numbers, and i got his stats pulled up here. 23 of 37, 227 passing yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. But, Anthony, I'm sure you saw this. He ranked at the bottom of SEC quarterbacks 
for QBR. Now, if you believe in QBR, if you don't, what have you, that doesn't really matter. Uh, so kind of a mixed bag for him statistically, though. You could argue the two interceptions, you know, one of them went off the receiver's hands. The other, you know, he admittedly, and I, of course I was in the stadium, he had the guy right in front of him and said he tried to make the big play. He knows for next time, or at least you think he know, you know, take what they give you. When what, what do the numbers tell you about what Spencer Rattler did? I'm not sure if you got to see any highlights of his performance or, or go back and watch the game. Just your overall thoughts. Uh, on his first game with South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Went back and watched every single throw there. That's the beautiful thing about our database. Can do that quickly. And it was kind of – I mean, this performance was kind of the, the the performance that everybody thought Spencer Rattler has been, I would say. You know, because this was a this was kind of, I would say, an outlierish bad day for him. You know, it was one, one of his lowest graded games of his career. I mean, he had a passing grade in the low 50s, I believe. Um, and you know, he just had some of those just bad decisions, you know, outside the pocket, trying to make a play. Like you said, that last point, that's just something he's got to clean up this year. Um, and you know, that was an issue in this one. You had three turnover worthy plays for the game. You know, you did see a couple of good throws in there. Um, you know, you definitely had some good moments, but at the end of the day, it was just a lot of, you know, I would say a lot of, you just had a few type of plays where it was like, okay, you're getting, you're trying to be a little too heroic here. Um, but also too, at the same time, not all on him, right? Because I mean, the offensive line, I thought it wasn't great. I mean, obviously, everybody down there in South Carolina could recognize that after that game, going back and watching that. I mean, when you have almost every single offensive lineman allowing multiple pressures, it's just hard to kind of survive and, you know, be a highly productive, efficient passing offense. Um, so I think it was a, it wasn't a great situation. It wasn't a good day for Spencer Rather, but it really wasn't for, for most of the people on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, again, that's that's where you have to go, Anthony. Obviously, you mentioned the offensive line. Let, let, let's talk about them. And, and I know so many folks, so many of our folks in our chat are, are sick of hearing about it. And, and I, you know, after Monday, I was like, you know what? Not going to beat a dead horse. But, I mean, it's the elephant in the room, man. The offensive line underperformed. It was atrocious. It was abysmal. And, and what was so disappointing and what I don't know if, Anthony, you saw any of, of my banter or any of the chatter regarding the Gamecocks on social media, but it's crazy – I don't know that fans have ever felt so much of mixed emotions after a 21-point victory. Because on one hand, again, you win the game by three touchdowns. You beat a quality Georgia State team in a comfortable fashion. Comfortable, I put in air quotes. But again, the way you did it and the, you know, just the conversation leading up to this game all preseason was about that offensive line. 129 career starts. And, and that was the question mark. And that was the deficiency. And that was the weak link last year. And it was just so disappointing to go through that season opener and to see what felt like no improvement. It almost looked like the offensive line looked worse than it did last year at times. What did you see from the Gamecocks offensive line? Do you think like do you think South Carolina Nation is overreacting to what they saw? Or would you say there's real reason to have real concern for the rest of this year? I think there's real reason. You know, I thought with this group, I always said if anything's going to hold back the offense and really the team overall, it would be the offensive line. But there was, you know, I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt because they had the experience and typically, you know, just at the collegiate level in particular, especially at the Power Five, you see that growth. It just takes reps, right? And the more experience you have, the better off you're going to be in the long run. Um, so there was reason to believe maybe this group could take a step forward despite having some, you know, suspect play under their belt. Um but that just kind of continued in this one. And I think it's a little bit of a concern considering it was Georgia State and it's going to get a little bit difficult from here on out, especially the next couple of weeks. I mean, we're going to find out pretty quickly whether or not, you know, this offensive line is going to be a pretty significant issue through the end of the year. 
Um, and so I wouldn't say it's time to, you know, click the panic button, right? South Carolina's not panicking. I don't think there's any reason why they even would have, even if it was worse than what it was. But, you know, they're not panicking. I, I don't think it's there yet. But I think if this week's an issue again, then I would get a little bit more worried. And then if Georgia kind of happens and it's the same story, then it's time to hit the panic button. And that's when it's time to get really, really concerned. So I'm not, I wouldn't be completely out and thinking, okay, you know, this, this is a lost cause where, you know, we can't win with this. Um, you know, it's one game, you know, that that's the thing with like the, every single season, it's like, it's one game, it's week one and everyone wants to overreact to week one. Right. And, you know, you look at the opponents too, and it's like, okay, well, let's, let's take some, let's take a step back here. But in, in this case, it's, it's kind of the same story, even though they did get beat up by a lesser opponent. Um, so it, again, it, it is a small worry. I think it's always been a small worry for me, but I think I would give them just a little bit more time to try and clean some things up. Yeah, Anthony, you know, to that point, you mentioned the season openers in week one. What's so funny, I was talking to Chris Doring of SEC Network about this, where it's like, what's kind of funny about week one is that there's so much, I mean, there's, there's so many schools across the country, right? They're like, you know, hope springs eternal in the off season. So there's so many schools with, with hype and optimism and everybody thinks it's their year. And it's funny because when you're a school that's playing a quote unquote lesser opponent, it's almost like you can't win by enough. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't look good enough in week one to satisfy like the hunger and the, you know, to, 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 you know, I have people asking me at the tailgate, like, what does Carolina need to do tonight to, to meet the hype and the, and I'm like, I don't even know that they can. Like, I, I, I literally don't know. Like the only way you could do it is win like 50 to nothing. And it's like, that's just not going to happen. Um, you mentioned again, of course, the offensive line, great opportunity this weekend, right? If you can write the ship, I think many folks will forget about Georgia state very quickly. Uh, but it did not hold back a couple of skill position players from having a good game. Most notably Jalen Brooks on the outside, four catches for 88 yards. Antoine Wells halted seven catches for 55 yards. You then saw Marshawn Lloyd with touchdowns, both on the ground and in the, uh, the passing game, receiving touchdown. He had 11 carries for 30 yards and a touchdown, two catches for 31 and a touchdown. Jaheim Bell also seven carries out of the backfield, averaged 5.6 yards per touch, which was the best of any of the Gamecocks ball carriers. Um, just talk about how guys on the offensive side graded for South Carolina and what you saw from the skill position players specifically. Yeah, I mean, none of them were particularly great. But, you know, the one number that stood out to me, you said Juice Wells. And that right there shows me that, okay, this is it kind of verified what I thought would be the case in the preseason, that he's going to be a key piece in this offense. And, you know, I, I really do think that just considering the talent that they, you know, Spencer and Juice have, I mean, this could really be one of the better quarterback wide receiver tandems. I mean, in the SEC East, I mean, in the entire country, really. Um, to be quite honest with you. So, I mean, I do think that's what kind of stood out to me. He's going to be a focal point of this offense. And, of course, Jaheim Bell getting carries out of the backfield is pretty – I mean, every, it was a rumor, you know, you would start to see that just because he's a versatile, dynamic weapon there. Um, but definitely I think there's – I'm really excited to see what he can do throughout the course of the year in that type of role where it's – you're not really – you're never going to know when you're watching South Carolina what to expect from Jaheim Bell, where he's going to be. Um, but you just know he's going to go out there and make a play. So – you know, he was one of the, the higher graded players on the, the entire offense, really on the entire team. But, you know, I think those were kind of the key takeaways from the skill position weapons, you know, kind of verified, you know, what we're expecting, you know, Jaheim Bell going to be a versatile guy, a playmaker, regardless of where he's at. You know, we saw that in Juice Wells, gonna, you know, really being a focal point of the offense. Um, and I thought both kind of, you know, carried out as, ex as expected. So I think there's plenty of reason to believe that, 
you know, the weapons around Spencer are, are, are definitely there. It's just kind of getting the entire group at every position, you know, all, you know, connecting together. Yeah, Anthony, that's that's probably my biggest area of optimism, you know, moving into week two and throughout the rest of the season is that I, I really do feel like, you know, I, I don't think anybody, and I'm certainly not setting an unfair expectation of being like a top five or top ten offense, but like you mentioned, the skill position guys are there to be a really, really productive offense, a more productive offense the Gamecocks have had in quite some time, um, especially if you can get like, you know, Josh Van didn't have a great night, Stog didn't really get going at tight end, so you get those guys going too, and then like you mentioned, the other guys, and there are some pieces there to play with as long as that offensive line can just give the offense a chance. Let's move to the defensive side, Anthony, because again, um, I thought, honestly, for the Gamecocks' defense going up against a really potent Georgia State rushing attack, you knew what they wanted to do. Uh, I'll tell you this, Jemias Williams, I thought, looked really good in the backfield for Georgia State. 13 carries for 76 yards. Uh, of course, Tucker Gregg back there as well. That is the two-headed monster. And then Darren Granger, you factor in his rushing ability as well. But I think all in all, you know, while you look at the numbers, and Georgia State did run for 200 yards um, it felt like an encouraging game against the run overall. And I feel like the Gamecocks defense, especially as that ball game went on, the defensive line sort of did what we expected and took over the ball game and used their, 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 their size and their skill and their athleticism, if you will, to really impose their will on Georgia State. I thought, you know, in the second half, you saw Georgia State getting in a lot more third and longs and putting them in really tough positions. And I think that's why you saw a lot of that defensive success. Just talk – what you saw from the Gamecocks defense, Anthony, was there anybody on that side of the football that graded highly or just stood out to you in general? Yeah, I mean, so I mentioned up top, like this game didn't really go. I saw the final score, that was expected, but everything else, what didn't really go as expected. I should have clarified that the offense, because I thought what the defense did, that was as expected for me. I figured, you know, I mentioned on the show last week, I thought South Carolina gets out with a lead. It's going to be very, very hard for Georgia State to do anything about it just because of the offense that they do, Ryan. Like you said, very run-centric. And if it's in the passing game, they want to get those deep play-action bombs there. But with South Carolina's defensive backs, it's going to be hard to take advantage of those. And just and also, too, when you get down, it's going to be hard to catch the defense off guard, right? I mean, at that point, you're just kind of – it's just not going to work. You're giving them a free play for the defense to go out there um, and make a play on the ball. So it went as expected. I mean, Darren Granger – the, the whole the passing aspect was, you know, he's going to turn it around eventually when he gets into the conference play in the Sun Belt. But it was as bad as we saw in week one. Um, I mean, and that's just a testament to the coaching staff and the players, right, just kind of carrying out and taking advantage of what they had there. So, you know, I, I, like I said, I knew I, fi I figured if South Carolina got a lead, it wasn't going to be, you know, long for it kind of got out of hand just a little bit just because of that offense by nature because they can't really, you know, throw the ball effectively when they're from behind Georgia State, that is. But – you know, I thought South Carolina's defense as a whole, they really hold their own. Like you said, you know, we talked about last week, you just mentioned it, the whole size factor, the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's pretty significant. Um, but the defensive backs, I mean, all of them played, I mean, really damn good. I, Cam Smith in the slot, too. That guy was kind of interested in that. Um, you know, all of them, you know, didn't really have any hiccups, very few hiccups, um, if at all. Um, so I think that's kind of a reason to be encouraged. And, again, it's not like – it's not the opposite um, – of the offensive line it's not like look at this game like okay we're gonna have one of the best secondaries in college football one of the best coverage units it's like okay it's one of the lower pass offenses in college football it's just like the whole offensive line thing it's a little bit more just another added thing there where it's like okay we can be a little bit more encouraged well let's see what happens next weekend against arkansas and the week after against georgia those are the big tests 
for this group. But all, all in all, I mean, it went as expected. Everybody played well, um, and specifically within that coverage unit. I mean, there were a lot of playmakers there. I think there were – I don't have the number off the top of my head, but dang near almost every single one had to play on the ball, which is what you, you're encouraged and love to see on a weekly basis. Yeah, Anthony, like you mentioned, we're going to learn a lot more as this football team gets into SEC play. And certainly, we're going to talk about that Arkansas game here in a second. But, my friend, we have to talk special teams. I mean, Beamer Ball, man, took over that game. Those two block punts, scooping scores, which, by the way, and I, I know people will probably hate me for bringing this up, but I, I just can't help but think after watching that game Monday night, I, I, you know, I wonder if there's a statistician out there that can tell us, when is the last time South Carolina and Clemson blocked two punts in the same like in the same weekend you know what i mean like that is the why i was watching i was like when is the last time this happened but either way on the gamecock side of things two block punts two scoop and scores also kai kroger has a fantastic night he was just named the ray guy punter of the week and then mitch jeter hits a pair of 50 plus yard field goals you know I, i'm sure you guys do the grades on the special teams as well but I highly doubt there's a special teams group that as a whole had a better weekend than South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely up there with the best of the bunch. And I wish I could pull that information for you, but my computer would probably <laughs> try to find that information. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, that was also a key part in the victory, clearly, like you said, the scoop mm-hmm. scores there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just another thing, too. That, that's, that whole facet as a whole, I would say... So I just talked about comparing the offensive line struggles, the coverage unit, you know, success. I would kind of take this and say, okay, this is what you expect from this type of group because I think special teams, more than anything, is, is coaching. Um, I mean, player ability and talent and athleticism all goes into it, but coaching is very key. It's just staying disciplined. You know, we all saw the debacle with Florida State and LSU, you know, letting the free guy in. But, you know, that that's the, that's the key thing. And – there it went perfectly it was a flawless plan there by South Carolina so it shows that that, that's a good group that they have there um at hand and ready to take on the SEC season yeah and I think definitely Anthony the the big takeaway from me is it's just and I talked about this in the preseason for a football team like South Carolina that is still working some things out it's going to be an underdog in a lot of these SEC games you know if you can win that facet of the game not saying you're going to block a punt every weekend but if you can win that facet and be solid in that facet you know, maybe that that is maybe that's a difference maker. You know what I mean? In a couple of games, it helps you pull an upset or win a game you weren't supposed to. Looking at yeah. the game this weekend, and or go ahead. Were you going to say something on the special teams? I, I was. I mean, I just remembered I, they're one of the highest graded uh, special teams units last year in our database. And the entire FBS South Carolina was. I remember last year, uh, who they? Oh gosh, week one. That was yeah, uh, yeah, Eastern Illinois. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget that one because I was going back through after week one last year. And I was going through some of just like the, the top players and I saw some of the South Carolina special teams guys. I was like, Damn, they were really like, they put the hurt on them. I remember on kickoff too, that kickoff team. I mean, they were laying guys out left and right. I mean, they brought it, the energy was there. So, I mean, that's just another thing there. It's just kind of continued to establish success there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Now looking ahead to this weekend, Anthony, obviously again, SEC play begins always exciting when that is the case. South Carolina traveling to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, I'll ask you first, what did you see from Arkansas week one? Um, obviously, they get the win. You know, I know many folks came to that one thinking that Arkansas was just going to blow Cincinnati out of the water. I actually took Cincy in our runyourpool.com pool. I took Cincy plus seven and a half and uh, happily hit that. But um, what did you see from Arkansas specifically? Obviously, a high-quality win at home, top 25 win. 
Um, maybe some holes in the secondary for them. I know past defense they was an issue, and now they might have to be combating a couple injuries in the back half of their defense. But uh, all in all, I would say probably a, a very successful outing for Arkansas. Great win for them. But did you? What did you see specifically from the Hogs? Was there anything out of the ordinary? Or was it sort of what you expected from them? You know, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me is just the defense as a whole. And like you said, I mean, it wasn't a, you know, a perfect day for them. Um, had some missed tackles in there as well. It wasn't a good day in that facet. But, you know, overall, I think Barry Odom, the defensive coordinator for Arkansas, he's probably one of the most underappreciated coordinators in college football, in my opinion. Um, he was a former head coach, and I don't think for too long he's going to get another opportunity. You know, he's a guy that, you know, early on in his days at Arkansas, he liked that he, it was a pretty – defense that didn't change right they just did that rush three drop eight coverage but now you talk about it last year before the season you know they want to be multiple right they want to mix in some things up they don't want to be predictable um and they want to mix it up and last week i mean it's kind of continuing on that because they didn't play that drop eight coverage right i mean they had some you know very heavy overload blitzes in there as well you know getting the linebackers involved um and so i think that's just something to kind of take note of against south carolina it's gonna be interesting to see the way they play South Carolina, um, you know, whether or not they want to bring the heat as Spencer, if I had to guess, that might be the way they would, might want to play. But I don't know. I'm, you play that drop eight coverage, you can kind of make those, those windows smaller. And with a quarterback that, you know, sometimes will want to play hero ball, you can kind of force them into, you know, bad mistakes there. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think that's probably while, you know, maybe the, the personnel that they do have is a little bit less than what it was last year. I think the, the coaching aspect and just this team in general can present some issues possibly um, for South Carolina. So that, that was kind of the biggest thing I noticed against Cincinnati is that, you know, that, that entire, you know, I, I would say discussion. But, you know, I, I think from an offensive perspective, it's going to be interesting. We just talked about like the whole size discrepancy against Georgia State and South Carolina. Now I, there's a little bit more of a discrepancy with Arkansas against South Carolina. Arkansas just has absolute units back there. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, um as Sam Pittman's talked about all the time, he likes big guys. He likes big quarterbacks. He likes big running backs. He likes big receivers. He likes big offensive, big offensive line. He wants to overpower you. And, you know, you look at, you know, Rock, Rock Sanders, you have KJ Jefferson back there. I mean, he's got some massive guys back there. And that offensive line, I think, is one of the best in college football. Um, so it's going to be a tough test on, on both sides of the ball. The big takeaway from the last game um, – you got him at seven and a half. I got Arkansas six and a half. So I was, I was pretty happy about that. Um, so it's a good middle ground for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the defense is kind of a big storyline that I'm watching against South Carolina's offense. Um, and especially too with that offense, the whole offensive line wrinkle, you know, maybe they'll, they'll get bring, I would say maybe a defense like they did last game where it's, you know, a little bit more blitz heavy, um, and, you know, sending not just, you know, five guys, but six, sometimes seven guys. So I think that's kind of where my head's at when looking at this game and kind of what's going to be the deciding factor overall. Yeah, I mean, I think most certainly, Anthony, that, that's where you look is line of scrimmage. You know, folks maybe get tired of hearing about it, but that's what a game like this really comes down to. And uh, especially after week one, the way your offensive line played. And I talked about this in the preseason way back in July when I locked in my predictions for the season that, you know, I hated the matchup. I'll be totally honest with you. I hated the matchup for South Carolina because of, what Arkansas's strengths are and what your weaknesses are. You know what I mean? It just doesn't add up well. They had four or five guys or have four or five guys back on the offensive line. Like you mentioned, big physical quarterback and KJ Jefferson. It will be a challenge on both lines of scrimmage for South Carolina. And I, I'm very curious to see how they will attack it. Before I get you out of here, Anthony, I will ask, you know, again, of course, the numbers, the grades, the analytics, you know, also gambling plays a part, right? So Arkansas opened 
as I think it was like an 11 and a half point favorite. That number dropped all the way to seven and a half. Now it's at eight and a half. I'll just ask you, I know you just kind of dove into it, but what do the numbers tell you about this game? Do you feel like that's a an appropriate line for the ball game? Also over under set at 53. You know, I've gone on record. I like the under in this game. I just feel like the, I understand that the, the matchup is there. You know, what Arkansas did in week one, you can use the passing game and maybe that's how you attack them. But I, I still think the running game is going to be at a premium. I think that's what Arkansas is going to want to do. How do you look at this game, not just from, you know, like predicting a win and loss, but also from the gambling side, the numbers side, the analytics side, if you will. Yeah, this is interesting. I, I really do think it's low-key one of the, the best games of the week. You know, BYU Baylor's out there, of course, Florida, Kentucky, um, Tennessee Pitt, but I, I would throw South Carolina, Arkansas in that conversation. Um, you know, actually, we, at looking at PFF Greenland, which you can find over at pff.com, you know, we show whatever value we have on you know, money line, the, the total, um, or the spread on every single FBS game. And maybe one day we'll get to the FCS, but that's, that's kind of proprietary right now. But, you know, this game, I was kind of surprised. I was going through when they dropped, and I was like, man, I'll give you a free pick here. But they, we show value on South Carolina, both the spread and the money line. I was like, this is very interesting. I didn't think it would be the case. So, you know, I, I think I would probably sign with BFF Greenline. I mean, heck, if you've been betting with it, since the start of the year, you'd be up considerably. I think it's 32 and 18 or 19. Um, so, I mean, it's not too bad. And I, I think just looking at it, I think, you know, I'll probably side there with you. I think it might be a little bit, you know, low scoring. I think it's just a very interesting matchup in terms of, you know, strength versus weakness. And I think, you know, on paper to just the, the general person, you probably look at it and go, like, okay, Arkansas should probably win this, this game, you know, handedly. But again, I go back to, Who's the best player in this game overall, regardless of position? I think South Carolina still got him with Spencer Rattler. And a lot of people would argue against that, like, oh, it's KJ and whomever. But I really do think that last week, Spencer Rattler is not who he is as a quarterback. And I think that's probably the worst you'll see him all season long. And I still think that there's so much more better play to come for him. So that's where my head's at. And I think if you look at a team, you know, when you have the better quarterback and they're eight and a half point dogs and, um, I don't have the money line in front of me, but, you know, you, you see that, value, that that number there. I think you just got to have to kind of take a risk there on the dog just because they have the better quarterback. They have the better players, no guarantee. But I'd be a little bit more comfortable on that side. Any, but I think it's going to be an interesting game. And honestly, I'm not going to be surprised at any outcome. You know, Arkansas covers that number, wins by double digits. You know, I'd be like, okay, you know, I'm not too surprised. But if South Carolina pulls out a W there, I'm not going to be too surprised either. I think it's just – like I said, one of the more fascinating games of the weekend. If you have a quarterback, you have a chance, Anthony, and certainly that will be the case for South Carolina on a weekend, week-out basis with Spencer Rattler. And like you said, it's going to be interesting. Week one to week two, we hear coaches say the most improvements made. A lot of question marks yet again will be answered with these two teams and just kind of who they are and maybe what their 2022 seasons are going to look like. Anthony Trisha, Pro Football Focus. Anthony, Always appreciate you taking the time each and every single Wednesday and uh, looking forward to doing it again yet again next week. Appreciate you, my man. Thanks so much. Yep. Likewise, brother. See ya. Hey, man. Take care. Great stuff. Anthony Treach. Always a pleasure to chat with him, guys. We're going to open up the phone lines. If you have any questions about what Anthony said, any comments, what have you, but the phone lines are now open. 843-790-3377. Let me jump to this text really quickly. Um, <clears throat> we had somebody text us in this morning. When you rewatch the game, pay attention to Stogner and Birch. He says, number one, 
Stodner was a liability blocking with his hand in the dirt and downfield. In the first half, he had nine missed or unfinished blocks. Most of them directly gave up a tackle or quarterback hurry. When the pocket was clean, Stodner was usually off the field. Says he was way better in the second half with only one bad block. Number two, Jordan Birch was a non-factor most of the day. Had a few good plays, but he looked slow and easy to block most plays. Looks like a conditioning issue. He will be better as a backup the next two weeks with Edmund starting instead. He also says number three, linebackers are studs. Brad Johnson and Mo Cabo were outstanding. So, uh, interesting text from, I'm not exactly sure who sent that in, but uh, good stuff, good stuff. And I think you make some good points. Oh, Austin Greaseman, that's Greaseman. Okay, Greaseman, thank you for the text, my friend. Uh, guys, again, 843-790-3377. Mayor says, score prediction. I will drop my score prediction, our lead pipe lock of the week. Brought to you by our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants on Friday. <clears throat> I will drop it on Friday on the Friday podcast. Of course, guys, graphic will drop. You already know the drill at this point. Um, anyways, guys, I do want to hear from you, our big cock club folks. Austin War says, if the O-line continues to play poor, did we see some young bucks get a shot? I, I just, I mean, what are you going to do, man? Throw some freshmen in there when you've got all these seasoned veterans? I mean, I, you know, listen, play the best guys you got. You know what I mean? If those freshmen, if you feel like they can contribute and help you out, make a difference, I'm all about it, but it's hard to believe that a true freshman or a young guy like that would be ready versus a guy who's been playing four or five years. But go ahead and jump to the phone lines here. Jerry, what's up, man? How are you? Doing good, buddy. What's going on? But uh, nothing much. But who surprised you this weekend? Like defense, offense. Who, su- who surprised me this weekend? Yeah. Well, the offensive line surprised me with how bad they played. That that was one thing. Um, was surprised Josh Van wasn't a little bit more of a factor. I mean, I had him under four receptions, but one catch for nine yards wasn't exactly what I saw him doing. Um, you know, I, I was, you know, when you say surprised, I guess who, who what, 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 what did I, what was unexpected? Uh, I thought Debo Williams played really, really well. You know, I'll be honest with you. He was a guy I was a little bit skeptical about. I thought he played well, was flying around. Um, you know, I was surprised we blocked two punts and got two scoop and scores. Um, so, you know, I, there, there were a couple of things that stood out, but it, it really just comes back to I I was surprised at the line of scrimmage on the offensive line. I, I, I just was. That, that surprised me. What do you think about that? That freshman linebacker. Stone Blanton? Is that you talking about? No, the other, there's another one that's a true you, freshman or something. Are you talking Nick Emanwari? Yeah. Yeah, so okay. Nick yeah, Nick Emanwari. No, I, I uh I think he's gonna be a really good player, man. I'm really high on him. Really, really high on him. Um thought he had a great game. You know, we all saw the fourth down stop, obviously, but uh you know, think he's got a bright future. Listen, it's just one game, but, you know, he, he looked good. He looked good in his first ever collegiate game, man. So, now I'm high on him and think he should definitely continue to see a lot of action for sure. You think we got a chance against Arkansas? I mean, I most certainly think we have a chance. Um, like I said, I, I, I'll drop – I'll lock in my prediction uh, on Friday. But, you know, I, I, I'm, I feel like there, there's no point in me holding back on him. I mean, listen, I picked Arkansas to win this game in the preseason – was there anything that I saw from week one that would make me change my pick? Probably not. 
Probably not. Um, if anything, it makes me even more concerned that, you know, on the line of scrimmage, are we going to be able to hold our own? But do I think we have a chance? Because, listen, I, I, I will say this. For all the commentary there's been this week, I do want to go on record and say, I do think we're going to improve from week one to week two. I, I do believe that, right? I think we will. So I don't think the offensive line will be as bad as it was in week one. And it better not, because if it is, we ain't even got a shot. But so, yes, I, I, I still view this game as a toss-up. I think there's a reason the line came down so significantly in this football game. Um, so, I, again, I, I do still view this as a toss-up. Um, we got to be a lot better on the line of scrimmage. Spencer Rattler's got to be better. Uh, we got to be better top to bottom. We got to stop the run. We got to account for KJ Jefferson. But yeah, certainly I think we have a we have a chance in this football game. I think it's going to be a good game. I really do. I think that you know how they said they was hiding a bunch of stuff from Georgia and Arkansas. Who's, I think. Who, uh, let, me, let me ask you a question. Who who said that? Who said that? Did Beamer well, and Satterfield say no, that, or did like fans? Play on, did fans on social media say that? I think I saw something on. I think it was Beamer. I think. Okay. Well, I, let me let me let me. To, I'm not trying to grill you. I, I just because I, I just I hear that all the time, dude. I hate that. I, that's honestly that's one of my least favorite things. I, I hate that. I, I hate that. Because you know what? If that is the case, hey. If that let, let me just put this out there. If that is the case, I don't give a damn if you want to run 5% of the playbook or 95% of it. I don't really care. But when you go out and look the way you did on offense, that 5% of the playbook you used was ass. You should have used a different 5% then because it didn't work very well. I, I just, I feel like, and I'm not coming at you. I'm saying this in general. This is fans of every school. I feel like that is just that is the the ace in the hole for people when your school when your team doesn't look good offensively against an inferior opponent it is it is it is a habit for fans to go well we just we weren't showing the whole playbook you know we we just we were holding back you know what I'm saying like it, it's an excuse is what it is and I don't care if 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 that is the case I don't care if that's the case like if you want to use, like I mentioned, 5% of the playbook, 10%, you don't want to, you, you quote unquote, don't want to show Arkansas and Georgia anything, then be my guest, but at least use the part of the playbook that's going to be productive. Like, I, I just, I just can't wrap my head around, like, it's not a positive to look like dog shit on offense and go into Arkansas with no confidence. You know what I mean? Like, that, that to me just, that just doesn't make sense. I just, I just, maybe that's me showing that I'm just not a football guy to that level. Like, I don't understand that. To me, I look at it from a baseball perspective. You always put your best foot forward. You don't save your ace. You, 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 you have best available, right? There's no tomorrow. You play that way. I, I, I'm not saying throw the kitchen sink at Georgia State, but what I'm saying is. Put your best foot forward to look your best. I mean, college football is a it, – it's how you win. Style matters. Style points matter. Maybe if we were competing for a national title and to get in the playoff, we would care more about that. But it does matter in college ball. Again, this is not baseball where if you win by a run, all is good, right? 
Like you, you, when you're playing a team like a Georgia state or you're playing a South Carolina state or Charlotte in a few weeks, like, is it going to be good enough to go win 21 to 14 and just say, well, we were just holding back on the playbook. Hell no. Ain't nobody going to be saying that. <laughs> so I don't give a damn if you want to hold back on the playbook. I, I don't care. Use the part of the playbook that is productive. That's all I'm asking. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I hate that, man. I, I it, get, it just gets old. I'm not saying that to you directly. It just gets old, man. Like, well, we weren't showing anything. Well, the shit we showed wasn't worth a damn. How about that? It wasn't worth it. It didn't work. You know, so, I don't know. That's that's my rant today. I don't know. I understand that. But going on another note, I know the steamer ball was huge in that game. It was. No, it, it was indeed. Yeah, it was indeed. And uh, great night for the brand, great night for the business, great night for Beamer Ball. Uh, yeah, really, really cool stuff, man. I mean, it, again, it, it was a it was a uh, game changer in that ball game for sure. It'd be kind of cool if South Carolina bought your towels. If South Carolina bought my towels? It would be cool. It would be yeah, cool. It'd be it'd be a very fruitful endeavor, also. So I, I I'm I'm open to all kind of conversation. USC, they 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 know how to contact me. And to change it on another note, what do you think about the playoff expanding? The playoff expanding, I'm I'm for it. I'm for it. Listen, a a, a playoff happens or a playoff works, I should say, in every other sport at every other level why can't it work in college football? And, and, I, and I'll tell you this, because, hey, now you've got me on a, on a whole different tangent. I just don't understand the people that say it like it ruins the regular season. Well, you know, if, if we get to the last weekend and Auburn and Alabama or Ohio State and Michigan are both in the playoff and the game is only for seeding, then, uh, then you know, the, the, the game's just not going to matter. On what planet... Would that be true? You're telling me. You're you're really trying to tell me that Ohio Carolina Clemson, eleven and zero versus eleven and zero. We're both in the playoff. It's guaranteed, basically. You're telling me Carolina Clemson wouldn't matter. Come on, dude. If it matters when we're zero and eleven, right? Did it not matter in 1999 when Carolina was zero and ten, right? If it matters, then it's going to matter when you're undefeated. It, there is no amount of expansion that can ruin rivalry weekend, in my opinion. Now, does it does it change the the regular season in the sense? Well, because right now, what college football is is if you lose one game, you're done. That sucks, man. It makes college football more interesting for longer, in my opinion. In my opinion. Now, listen, I know there's folks out there like. Like Josh Pate, and I, I like Josh, but everybody treats Josh's word like he's the he's the god of college football, and everything he says is gold. I respect everything Josh says because I think he does a fantastic job. But I don't agree that expanding a playoff is going to ruin the regular season. It works for every other sport, you know. I, and, and and I don't think like in baseball, for example, there's just so many games, right? It's hard to be invested in July and August unless you're like a true diehard. There's still only 12 games, regular season games in college football. Fan bases are still going to be invested week after week after week. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't need, I don't need there to be you're just one loss and done.
for me to care about the games on a week-in, week-out basis. I love college football either way, you know? If, if you're able to, you know, I just – I love college football as it is, man. There's nothing that gets me going like watching four and four Iowa take on, you know, three and five Indiana. Like, if you love college football to that level, expanding the playoff ain't going to make you stop loving college football. It's, it's not. So – and I understand we're probably still going to end up with the same two teams. But if that's the case, why not add more meaningful playoff football? Why not? And then people say, well, what does it mean for bowl season? If you got to shave off a couple of bowl games, is it that big of a deal? I mean, is it really that big of a deal? There's like 70 bowl games at this point. Everybody's going to a bowl game. If we got to shave off 10 bowl games, is it really going to hurt the sport? Is it really going to hurt the future of the sport? So, I, I'm all for it. I, I just, I've never understood the people that argue that, like, oh, my God, you're just you're ruining college football if you expand the playoff. The regular season's meaningless. To who? To Who is it meaningless to? That's my question. Who is it meaningless to? To the, to the, to the national guy that, 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 that likes, you know, this, this one loss and you're out type format? Like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I hate that. I hate the thought of you lose one game. Well, all hopes and dreams of winning a national title, they're over. I don't like that. So, and again, I'm not saying it's going to change. Listen, Alabama's going to be Alabama. Georgia's going to be Georgia. It's going to happen. But in the meantime, why not just have more football? I, that's, that's the way I see it. But uh, you were talking about Josh Tate. I watched, I watched his video last night. And he's got Carol. He's got uh, the game this weekend with us and Arkansas over. He said it'll go probably 60, 63 points, I believe. Yeah, I heard. I heard his I uh, was, his play was over the fifty three. I got the under. I, I just you know I I, I think the run game is going to be. The point of emphasis, I don't think we're going to have some sort of offensive explosion. Hey, I, he, he might be right. I'm locked in on the under. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see who's right. <laughs> but for me, I like, I like your show better than his, to be honest. <laughs> well, listen, it's, it's not a competition. I, I, I love Josh Pate's show. I think Josh Pate does a fantastic job, and the numbers reflect that. I, I was just saying that I know that when, when, when there's – when there's college football playoff expansion talk, I feel like Josh is the – he is the loudest voice in regards to that. So, that's why I reference him. Josh does a great job. And the beauty is is that he and I could have a conversation about this, respectfully disagree, and just keep it moving, right? But, no, listen, that wasn't meant as a slight at Josh Pate. He does a great job. I think folks should also tune in to Josh Pate show and also tune into the Spurs Up show, you're going to get value out of both in different ways, I think, and in some ways in similar ways. So, no, listen, I, I love what Josh does, but, again, I just – I refer to him because I know a lot of folks go to him uh, for their takes on the playoff. Jerry Rither, I appreciate the call, my friend. Uh, we got the phone lines ringing off the hook. We just missed a call. If you want to call back in, I'll wait to go to a break if you want to call back in. If not, we're going to jump into a quick break. I'll wait about a minute or so to see if they call back in. Somebody from Monk's Corner. Uh, calling in. Courtney Washington. Now, listen, I see, you're, you're bringing up Gunnar Stottenham. I saw what you said. Does it really bother? I mean, dude, he, all he did was repost a T-shirt. 
Stockton didn't say it was chicken hunting season. The T-shirt they made said. I mean, I didn't. Of course he hates us. We hate them too. What's going on, man? How are you? What's up, man? Uh, you know, I got to say, finally, there's uh, negative feelings of rolling over. I listened to a couple of podcasts, including news and yours, JC's, and uh, I kind of, you know, realized that, you know, maybe the O-line, you know, with the first game, being the first game, first new QB and all that. But I got to say, man, you know, with that first game, I, I was really expecting at least an identity from that offense. I feel like it was lacking an identity. Yeah, I, I'd agree. <laughs> hey, listen, it's 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 a tale as old as time. You know, I, I go into week two, and I, I don't really know what we're good at, what we're deficient at. Well, I know what we're deficient at, but I don't really know what we even want to do. You know what I mean? I, and I think that changes on a week-in, week-out basis, depending on the opponent. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and listen, all these new pieces, it might take you some time, a couple games, to, fall, to find the identity. But unfortunately, you just don't really have a lot of time to find it. You know what I mean? You've got to find a way to be productive in the meantime. Um, so listen, I, I said what I said on Monday, the Monday podcast. I, I mentioned I don't think I've ranted as much. I don't think I've vented as much after a win as I did on that Monday podcast. But, uh, I mean, now you got to keep it moving. you got to go into Arkansas. And, I mean, what, what, what's our other choice? You know what I mean? Beat it into a, you know, beat it into a pulp that – that the offensive line stinks. I mean, I said what I said. It it has to improve. It has to get better. If it doesn't, you will get run off the field in Fayetteville. I, there's just no other way to put it. So, um, the hope is this team's going to improve from week one to week two. They're going to make a massive jump. Uh, but certainly, man, if we look back at Georgia State, I mean, there's just no question that that was – to say that the offense fell short of expectations is putting it lightly. Is putting it very lightly. So, Oh yeah, um, man. I got I got to say that you know watching that game, you know, I'm I I love being involved. Don't get me wrong. I think it's, mm. you know it it, it sweeps me off my feet and it amazes me when I see it in play. But you know, I, when you look at the statistics and the fact that we were we I mean, what we scored 19 points on the special teams and on against a a mid level lower tier FBS uh, team, we only scored what 12, 13 points. Yeah, what was it? Two touch, two touchdowns, two touchdowns. So two yeah. offensive. Touchdowns. I mean, I, I had I had Rattler coming out, you know, with a clean pocket man, three hundred yards, two tutties, and an interception. Maybe since that second read was a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. I, I had to give it to him on the second one. The second one was a little bit, you know, he just threw right in there and the safety got him and all that. But um, I got I got a question for you. Um, you know, looking to Arkansas and Georgia, I do think we can chalk up Arkansas as a W because of their secondary, and they're going to blitz most likely because of our O-line, and we're just going to get it out to Juice Wells, Van, or Brooks. If we lose to Arkansas and Georgia, beat obviously Charlotte and South Carolina State, if we lose to Kentucky, do you feel like the momentum in the season is going to drop off? Well, you know, we talked a lot about that this preseason, right, about uh, how important it was to start 4-2 and two because – it's, you know, again, you bring up a great point. I'm glad you do. I mean, I, I talked about this a lot, but if you start three and three, oh, and three in SEC play, and you go into the bye week, here's what's tough about it. I mean, you obviously see you're an underdog against Arkansas. You're undoubtedly going to be an underdog against Georgia, and you're going to be an underdog at Kentucky. You're going to be an underdog at Kentucky. So those three games on an individual basis, nobody's going to 
say, oh, my, that was just a terrible loss for South Carolina. They, they, they just – they laid an egg. They dropped the ball, you know. But after all of the pieces you add – and it's so funny, by the way, because I was going to say after all the hype you had, and folks get upset on social media, well, who created the hype? You're the one that created the hype. This, you know, this team didn't ask to be hyped. Bro, when you add the type of guys that you added, the hype just comes, man. When you add the most talented, the best quarterback you've ever had step foot on campus, that's not me saying that. That's the numbers. That's the 24-7. That's the, the stars. Everybody swears by the stars. That's what the stars say, right? So when you add those oh, yeah. type of guys, there's a certain level of hype that comes with it. And if you don't like, a, like the hype, I don't know what to tell you, man. Go, 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 watch, go watch badminton or something. This is football, right? It comes with it. So, yeah, if you start 3-3, three and 0-3 three, oh and 3 in SEC play, you get to the bye week, and you don't have a quality win on the season halfway through the year, that's going to be tough. I mean, I, just no other way to put it. That's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough pill to swallow, man. Um, and, I, and I think this, this fan base is going to be on edge. I'm, listen, I'm going to be on edge. Because you add the guys you've added, Spencer Rattler most notably, you, you you need to start better than three. And then you got Texas A&M looming the following week. I mean, you, you could be starting three and four, oh, and four in SEC play. And I know some, my good buddy Brad Crawford, some have picked that to happen, and they've got the Gamecocks reeling off four straight SEC wins down the stretch, finishing seven and five, which would be a great finish. My biggest problem with that is this. If this team is sitting there three and four, oh, and four in SEC play, where are they at mentally? You know, I, I know Coach Beamer does a great yeah, job keeping them off. together. and But, man, like, you know, it, it's, it's you know, does this finger pointing begin? Do guys start doubting, you know, what their coaches are telling them, doubting their abilities? Like, you know, so I, I would agree with you. I think to – hey, listen, to get to – I said this in the preseason. To get to seven wins or more, I think you have to split Arkansas or Kentucky. I, I just I, – I think you need to start four and two. You, you need – you need, a, you know, some positivity early in the season. You need sort of that breakthrough win, quote-unquote, for, for year two. Um, obviously, we know if you beat Arkansas this weekend, it would be massive. I mean, for obvious reasons, it would just be massive. Um, but if not, and hey, I picked it. I picked you to start one and two. Um, but I also picked a win at Kentucky, right? I, I think, uh, you know, I yeah, mentioned the preseason. The gonna, yeah, yeah, the biggest inflection point of the season where it's like your season at that point is going to go one of two directions, right? It's either going to be – an above average year, or it's going to be you're fighting to get to six wins. You know what I mean? So, and that that's kind of the game. If you don't beat Arkansas, that will tell you. So, um, uh, yeah. Well, one more question for you. Yeah. Um, so, if the O line keeps playing, you know, as inconsistent as you know, well, just like last year, um, do you think a, a loss to Vandy's in the book? No, nah, I, I, no, nah, I don't. I don't think so. I, I listen. I, I think it's been a fun story to see Vanderbilt do what they've done the first two weeks, but it was against a hapless Hawaii team and Elon. So, hey, listen. If, if Vandy, listen, if Vandy goes out there and beats Wake Forest this weekend, maybe I'll start thinking of them differently. But um, no, I, I, I wouldn't go that far. I, I'd like, like, like I said in the preseason, I'll stick by it. I, I will be shocked, floored if this team misses a bowl game with Spencer Rattler under center. I'd be, I'd be just completely yeah, that's, shot. Yeah, well, he'll be back next year, that's for sure, if we miss a bowl <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a chance. I, so, I, you know, again, it, it's uh, – you know, so it sounds like you're picking the win over Arkansas, though. 
Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, man, yeah. I, looking at the secondaries, you know, I see that they're down right now. And, I'm, you know, obviously, you know, Sam Pittman is probably keeping his cards in his pocket right now. And he doesn't want to reveal whether they're going to be playing or not. Maybe hoping Shane's going to scheme for two different secondaries. Very unlikely. I don't even know how that would happen. But um, with those secondaries gone, if they're gone, I mean, I would imagine what Arkansas is going to do is everyone's going to blitz down the middle. They're going to try and knock Spencer Rattle, Rattler. And, um, well, I would imagine Juice Wells, you got Josh Van, Jalen Brooks, Jaheim Bell, and you can run swing passes with Marshawn Lloyd. What we would do is we would literally just get him out of the edge and then get it open, just like we would at first North Carolina. Somebody clip and this we and send it to Satterfield. Somebody clip this and send it to Satterfield. Let let him know. I mean, you got wheel routes, you got posts and all that, and you got a re- incredibly really fast guys, Dante Turbo, as well. And I mean, wheel routes, swing routes, RPOs, and all that are very underutilized. And I mean, I like that Satterfield's trying to go with the swing plays. I, I can't. I didn't get to watch the game. Is my um, it was my wife's birthday every year on the third of September, so I missed the first game every year. Um, but uh. When I was watching the highlights, you know, that seems to be what Saturday was trying to cook up. But, man, I mean, I, I got our – I got Rattlers beating out of that secondary, mm-hmm. especially with the fact that, you know, a less than desirable Cincinnati quarterback after Desmond Riddler left uh, got had a lot of open opportunities. Right. Yeah, it should be a they lot of fun. That game, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, man, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, again, it, it's, it's crazy. It's such a week-to-week game. And, <clears throat> you know, if you can go out there and beat Arkansas – Conversations completely different next week. <laughs> Our conversations are completely different. So, um, we play well, competitive, you know. <laughs> according to, I mean, from what we've heard is that, you know, supposedly, as every week, they had the best week of practice yesterday or day of practice ever. So, hopefully, yeah. you know, all the input and everything's finally starting to click. We'll pray, man. But I thank you for having me on, man. Thank you for everything you do, as always. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Chase, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for the call. Great stuff. Great insight. Guys, we are going to jump into our first break, but I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Let me remind you of a couple things. Uh, of course, first thing, this weekend, we are at Carolina Alehouse in downtown Greenville for our watch party for the Gamecocks game against Arkansas. Uh, I will be getting there. Doors open at 11. I'll get there about 11. We will have koozies and towels on sale. Of course, kickoffs at noon. Also, guys, just got these in last night. If you love beat stickers, you will love these just got these in you see they say beamer ball the spurs up show going to be giving these away for free got 600 of them when they're gone they're gone of course i'll have them saturday at carolina alehouse uh the following weekend i'll have them for the georgia game so again really excited to hand these out you can add it to your little beat sticker collection and uh, wear it on game day or do whatever you want to with it but these are completely free so uh, I will have these, like I said, on hand. I, I I ordered them. I tried to size it right. They're a little bigger than your typical beat sticker, but uh, still really dope. Still really dope. You can see there. So, anyways, come on out. Carolina Ale House, downtown Greenville. Really, really cool venue. Um, I, I know you Greenville folks, you always show up and show out. And 
we have a great time out there at Carolina Ale House. So, uh, again, I cannot wait to see you guys. should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, we're celebrating a big victory in downtown Greenville on Saturday afternoon. Um, also, of course, guys, episode 699. Episode 699 of the podcast dropped this morning. Talking Shane Beamer's Tuesday presser. Best bet for Carolina, Arkansas, as well as SEC gambling picks week two and a great conversation and a great conversation with Chris Doring of SEC Network. Lynn Turner says, if I order online, can I get stickers in my package? Lynn, shoot me a DM. I, I want to say yes. I I'll be honest with you. These stickers, though, I got for like in-person handing out to people but if you shoot me a DM, we can make something work out. But I, I don't want people to think that I'm throwing these in every single package because I'm not. Um, like I said, I really want to be able to have these on game day. That's the biggest thing. Just shoot me a DM, Lynn. We can figure something out. Um, Joey Guyton says, Chris, would you say the O-line play was almost slap dickerish? There were some slap dickery going on Saturday night. There was some slap dickery going on up front, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Gad864, Yeah. Roll call. Who's coming to the watch party? Who's coming to the watch party? Roll call. Why not? Let's see it. want to see you guys out there. Um, I'm seeing Coach Ford in the comments. Coach Ford, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Jeff Gullage, if we're 0-3 in the SEC, Robbie Davis will be at Sat's house helping him pack his bags. Indeed, he will. I wonder where Robbie Davis is on this fine Wednesday. Um, TDC questions channel's popping off. Our guy, Brendan M., he wants the, or excuse me, Brendan and Dalton. They want the return of the BCS. So. I got no problem with an extended. I'm just saying I got no problem with an expanded playoff. Like, if they wanted to go to the BCS, it would make sense. I mean, listen, the same two we're going to play there no matter what. Um, I think, I just, I, I. I think what you're seeing, the people that are so opposed to the playoff, like, I, I understand anytime there's change and there's significant change, folks are going to get upset. But if you take away, like, th these are the college football purists. These are the old heads of college football that, that are hanging on to the old way of doing things. Hell, let's just go back to the days in the 50s or whatever it was and have the AP poll just determine who number one is and who the national champion is. We'll just do that. Like, I, I, I just, I have no issues with the playoff, and I don't understand why anyone would, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why anyone would. So, let's see, let's see. Uh, Travis Lee, I, I'm not even gonna give it no mind, but that that dude's just a slap dick, bro. It just is what it is. I mean, I, I, there's a reason I don't respond, my friend. Um, that's all I'll say on that. Let's see. Austin Greer, problem is we have on the O lines our tackles were recruited as guards and aren't athletic enough for the position they are playing. Well, that most certainly could be it, my guy. That's that's a good point that you make. That is a very good point that you make, no doubt. Um. Yeah, but a, a great point brought up by by Chase in regards to, you know, and we talked about it again all preseason about starting this year off, um, you know, three and three, zero oh and three in SEC play, and just what that would mean for the Gamecocks moving forward. Yeah, wouldn't be good. Would not be good. Call from. 
Robbie Davis, Here we go. Curb Street. Robbie Davis, what's going on, man? How are you? I am doing fantastic. How's your Wednesday going so far? I am doing well, man. It's going great. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Um, the main thing that I want to see this weekend, okay? All right. Obviously, there was some positive consistency on the defensive side of the ball and and, and absolute fantastic positive things happening with Beamer ball, right? But I think it goes without saying, obviously, but the main thing that most of us want to see is positive consistency this weekend with the offense. Move the ball and hang on to it. Because in my opinion, even though we punted, what, like twice yesterday, uh, Saturday or however many times we punted, that's, that's several too many, okay? Mm-mm. Several too many. Yeah, I mean, listen, improvement on the offensive side, most, you know, most certainly is what we all want to see. I mean, that just, you know. Right. Goes without saying for sure, specifically on the offensive front. Right. And if we have to, it, find people that want to block if you got to, okay? Find somebody. I don't care if they're a freshman. I don't care. Find people that want to play and block and daggum help this team win, okay? I mean, yes, I know that everybody wants to help the team win, right? But find people that want to play and want to help us get better at the offense, on the offensive side of the ball. Because I'm telling you, if we play like that the next two weeks, we are going to be two and one before we even blink our eyes. Robbie, a little bit of a change of subject. I, I, I did have a point brought up to me over the weekend, and I wanted to bring it up to you. Is this good or bad? Or am I going to be mad? or Robbie, what? just hang in there, my guy. Just hang in there. Um, <laughs> Gamecock Nation isn't a huge fan of Kirk Herbstreet, yet you refer to yourself as Kirk Herbstreet. Do you, do you think it's time to possibly update the tagline that you open each call with? I got no problem I'm with Kirk Herbstreet, by the way. Now that you put it that way. I've got no problem with Kirk Herbstreet, but a lot of Gamecock fans don't like him very much. Well, you can blame P-Dot for that. When in doubt, just blame P-Mod. Blame P-Dot. <laughs> Love that. But I will give it some serious thought to changing the, to changing it. But, um, but, um. I think Zaxby's Hall of Famer is, 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 is solid. I really do. Okay, there you go. Problem solved. There you go. Problem solved. Because that is a fact. That is true. I have the plaque to prove it, and there's one hanging in, in the restaurant. So there you go. I like that. But, uh, and uh, also, this is completely random, but uh, uh, shout out to Lance Players' wife. It's her birthday today, so happy birthday to her. Happy birthday to Miss Cocky Neck Gator. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, Happy birthday uh, to Miss Latte. <laughs> 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 
and uh, and I and definitely we we had way too many uh, easy passes that were dropped. Okay, because like you said, the, the like you said uh, yesterday, there was a pass and 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 it hit Josh Van right in the chest. He should have caught that. There was a lot of easy, especially also the two uh, screenplays that were absolutely atrocious. Okay, I mean, I could have made that pass for God's sake, and I'm not even and I can't even throw the ball that far, but I could have at least made those passes. Robbie, I, I think you could have made those passes. I would have loved to seen you do it, actually. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, just Robbie, per sources, you were playing chess at the tailgate. Would you like to confirm or I deny? Was. I'm gonna, I'm gonna daggum bite the bullet on this one. Yes, I was. Okay. Honestly, I think I think I, I, think I told I think I told John Rice that, and he he literally was in in so much shock. He he was stunned. He couldn't even say anything. <laughs> Look, okay, it was my dad's idea. Honestly, I wanted to like turn on the I, car. Listen, I just told him. I just told him that John. I mean, uh, listen. While you're playing checkers, Robbie Davis is playing chess. That's a fact. Che- checkers is the stepchild to, che- to chess. Okay. Now I'm not that good. Okay, my dad beat me. Okay, I, my, I, I, the number of chess games that I've actually won. I can literally count on one hand, okay? And it was just all pure luck, okay? Mm. But, anywho, if it was up to me, I would have had the car on and listening to music. But my dad didn't want to kill the battery, so. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) And I probably would have had to push the car. (laughs) No bueno. No bueno. That's a no bueno. No bueno. Exactly. And to the whole like percentage of playbook thing. Okay. Screw that. You're paid to win. Use the whole damn playbook. I don't care. The whole damn thing. Every play you got. I don't. Yeah, I don't care. Use all of them. The you kitchen got sink. Of them, use all hundred of them. Got two hundred of them. It's all two hundred of them. I don't care. The whole point of an offensive coordinator is to score points, and that's honestly pretty sad that our special teams scored more points than our offense Saturday night. It was sad. I was happy, but I was also sad at the same time. So it was it's definitely safe to say that special teams saved that game for us. Because once we blocked those two punts and scored 14 points off of those, I was like, it's over. Like the guy that uh, texted in Monday and said that he was sitting next to me, I told him as soon as those two blocked punts happened, I was like, it's over. Stick a fork in it. Georgia State's done. They can't pass the ball. All they can do is run. It's over. But 
we have to, and we definitely got to clean up some of the penalties, man. Penalties, obviously, if we have week one, you get you have penalties on you a lot of penalties in week one. We got to clean up the penalties because the team that plays the cleanest, as far as penalties go, wins the football game. Sure does help. Sure does help. But um, I and 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 I will definitely uh, get out whenever we play Arkansas this weekend. I will uh, watch it, and then that Monday I'll give you my analysis. And tomorrow you're giving your prediction, right? Yep, tomorrow I'll give you my prediction for Saturday. I will, and I, I honestly, just so you know, I still think we're better than Arkansas. So I still think we're going to beat Arkansas, but I'll give you my score prediction as as promised on Thursday. That I can guarantee you. Okay. I look forward to that. So, so. I truly look forward to that. Well, thank you. All right, buddy. I'm going to get off of here and eat my lunch before it gets cold. I hear you. Hey, Robbie, I appreciate you, my guy. Thanks so much for calling in. Always a pleasure. Thank you, man. You have a good one. Yeah, man, for sure. Take care. Great stuff from Robbie Davis, 843-790-3377. Robbie says, just throw the damn whole playbook at their ass. Thomas Walker says, I don't know how much weight to give it, but it seems like coaches blame Tom and the offensive scheme of success or lack thereof for a quarterback. How much do you think the fact that he's only been in the offense for eight months plays into it? You know, Thomas, I, I, I think there's something there to say for that. But, damn, how does it take eight months to learn an offense? Is it that hard? Is it, is it that difficult? I, I don't know. I, I think if your scheme is that difficult to learn, your scheme's too complex. It, like, would you not agree? You go through an entire spring, an entire summer, an entire fall camp. Like, you're telling me the QB can't get the offense now? Are you telling me you can't scale back the offense to a point where, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just, I don't know. I'll call it for what it is. I think coaches use a lot of excuses when the uh, when the offense is not clicking. I, I think there's a lot of excuses that are used. So, yes, Paul Biggers, the Gamecocks have a fan base and a show devoted to them. Indeed, that is correct. Let's see. Again, guys, if you miss any of this conversation, if you miss any of this show, and you want to go back and listen to it. Uh, you can do so. The Daily Crow on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to uh, subscribe and rate the show as well if you don't mind, guys. Also, there's so many of you that tune into here that don't realize. The Spurs Up Show, of course, the podcast. The Spurs Up Show drops Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Go subscribe to that. Go rate the show again. Great conversation today with Chris Doring of SEC Network. He was on the call for the game on Saturday night against Georgia State. So, really good insight from him. Um, we also look ahead to this weekend's game against Arkansas. Um, I, I thought really great stuff, by the way, from Anthony Treesh. Appreciate him taking the time. It's always a pleasure to chat with him. Uh, P. 
Pete, Pete Alk just, uh, Pete Alk making me laugh here on the, uh, on the old Twitter sphere. So let's see. Also guys, really quick. Uh, we will be talking tonight. I'll be jumping on an Arkansas, uh, podcast, Arkansas show, if you will, the hog talk podcast. And they are part of, of the Believe Podcast Network and of 103.7 The Buzz Radio Network. So, uh, jumping on their show tonight, 7.40. We'll hop on, talk some Gamecocks and Hogs and and break down the game. And, uh, yeah, should be a really, really fun time tonight. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to talking some of the game. Uh, Paul Biggers may have missed this conversation. WL for Arkansas, honest opinion. Uh, Paul, I will lock in my prediction on Friday's podcast, Friday's show. But with that being said, I'll say I picked Arkansas to win this game in the preseason, and I'm not sure anything really changed after week one. But I I will let you guys know my official score prediction, everything for the game on Friday. Guys, we're rocking and rolling here on this Wednesday. Want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. I see my guy, P-Dog. He just says, Becky. I see you in here, Becky. I see you in here, Rebecca. Appreciate you tuning in, Rebecca. Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, here's, Here's a very, you want some honest, blunt take, opinion, comment, whatever. How about Jesse Jacob? He says, the problem's not togetherness, want to, willingness to learn, or He said, it's talent. Them boys up front, stupid. Let's jump to the phone line. Pete Alt, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, babe. What's up? I, so I just want to come on here and say uh, two things. Okay. Uh, number one, chill on my O-line for real. All right. That's number one, chill on my O-line for real, you know what I mean? Right. They're, they're going to be the best unit in the SEC, man. Just got to give it time, man. Uh, all right, number two, to all the Braves fans out there that feel the need to at me on all forms of social media, keep doing it. I love it. Mets are leading right now. They got DeGrom on the mound tonight. The Braves will be back in second place by the end of the night, all right? So y'all better chill out, and y'all better be ready for when it comes back to you from my way, all right? I love it. I, I know. Well. I know you're sweating a little bit, though. I know you're sweating a little bit. Man, I was so damn pissed off. Three straight games. Do the Nat? Do the Braves and the Mets play again or no? Yeah, they have a three-game set. It's the second to last series of the year. Probably decide wow. the division. Mm. Wow. Yeah, we play the Braves uh, three-game set, and then we end the season with the Nat three games. Okay, and then the Braves end with the Marlins, I see, which are re- which are games yeah, that are yeah. rescheduled from April first, second, and third. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because the Braves match was supposed to be last series of the year. Hmm. Yeah, but I just wanted to hop on here, you know, tell people to chill on my O line for real, and for those at me on social media about the Braves, uh, keep it coming, keep it coming. I love it. I love it. I want all of it. I want all the smoke. All right. 
Appreciate it, babe. Have a good one. I love it. P-Mod, P-Dog, appreciate it. Yep, yep. Chop on, baby, chop on. Chop on. Absolutely love it. Brian Dean says, I think the O-line gets it together, puts a beat down on the Hogs, 31 to 17. That's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. I hear you. Travis Lee says, 130 combined starts. How many more starts they need? That might be the best comment of the week. They're just, listen, Travis Lee, they're still young. We've been young since 1896. 1896. We've been young, my guy. We're just young. That's it. We're just a year away. We're a year away, my guy. Justin says, either the offense is that confusing or Spencer isn't what we thought. I can't see it being the latter of the two. Also, I think we will know. We know it's swing pass, swing pass, run. It's like a new toy to Marcus. Yeah, Justin, I would just say the comments on like on, on Rattler. I mean, dude, I, I will say it's it's one game. I, I think Spencer Rattler is going to be fine. His talents awesome. what saved us will from Dirty Saturday Marble. night. Will, what's up, man? How are you? Good. How you doing, bro? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Just calling to uh, not talk bad about the offensive line. Just kidding. So, I watched the game again the other night and tried to, like, you know, kind of really see what happened. Because when you're in the stadium, it's kind of hard to tell oh, yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely saw – I'll give Garcia this. Spencer did escape early a little bit. There were some plays that he kind of moved out quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely saw some tight ends miss some blocks. Definitely saw guys get inside on on the guard. Um, it was kind of like an all-around, you know, it wasn't just offensive line, but they definitely didn't play good. Because you look at the run game, and there's no excuse there. You can't blame Spencer Rattler for the run game, and there was absolutely no holes for the offensive line. They didn't open up anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that said, I got to think it's going to be better this week. But it's just like I don't know where all these people that are like, oh, we're going to do this against Ark. We're going to ram it down their throat. When have we done that? Yeah. Like, other than the North Carolina game, when have we done that in the last few years? It's been a while. And and, and on you know that I mean? note, like, by the way, you, you mentioned the UNC game. How how much do you look at that UNC game now in a different scope after watching their defense give up 61 to Appalachian State? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know exactly. I know it's a different team, but it's like, hmm. <laughs> maybe there's a reason yeah, like, Dak yeah. Joyner looked like a Heisman Trophy winner. You yeah. know, like, all due respect. Yeah, maybe there's a reason – like uh, who was it that you had on the show said basically the same thing that everyone defense was, was yeah I mean I mean terrible Brad Lowing literally told me that was the worst yeah. defensive line we played last year yeah and and you can kind of you can kind of see that but um I mean I think we're gonna have to take advantage of some quick passing in this game against Arkansas to kind of get our offense going maybe start with the pass feed into the run mm-hmm. rather than trying to beat our head against the wall. To start the, you know what I mean? Because it just seems yeah. like when we go on schedule and we run on first down and we get a yard, mm-hmm. now it's like well, they know we're passing, right? You know, so yeah, no, for sure. Just, I mean, I, start off yeah, I think you got to so. try to expose them in the, in the pass game first. Um, number one, you just can't lean on your offensive line that way. And number two, they've got the the injuries in the back half of their defense, and obviously they 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 uh, look the way they did in week one. So I, I think that's where if you're going to have success offensively, I think that's where it's got to be had. Yeah, and I mean, and I think our offensive line will pick it up a little bit. They're not going to be as bad. And Georgia State, they were fired up and all that. But I just, I'm not one of those people that's going to make excuses. Right. It's like this is a very veteran offensive line. 
as veteran as you're going to see in the SEC. They should do better. Yeah. And they know that they should do better. You know what I mean? I'm sure they're not sitting around patting themselves on the back either. But um, just hope everything goes better next week. Hopefully Rattler can clean up some of those couple. The, the, the two throws, you know, the one to, to, to Brown wasn't that. It was a little hot, maybe a little hard. He could have caught that ball. The second one was definitely his mistake. Um, but saw some good things, some great throws. When he did get a clean pocket, he made a couple of nice throws, the one on the run to Brooks. But, uh, yeah, just hopefully everything gets better and we can uh, get us a W or at least have it a close game, you know. But uh, for sure this is probably the biggest momentum swinging game of the year hmm? because if you win this, everything looks different, right. you know. You, you can put your game clock glasses on after that. But, anyway, I'll hang up and let you talk, brother. Will, appreciate you, man. No, thanks so much. And, and uh, you know, I, I mean, I agree with everything Will said about the O-line in that game Saturday night. And, you know, it's – it's I, that's why I'm not giving credit to game one jitters. or Like, bro, when you have as many starts as you have together, I, I know there's a new quarterback and new pieces, but, I mean, come on, man. Like, no excuses. Um, and then, Will, you know, I, I think the other thing is that the reason you're seeing people, you're seeing fans say – uh, you know, I think we're going to do better against Arkansas. We're going to block better. We're going to we're gonna... I think people are saying that because they want to have hope that's going to happen. I mean, because, Will, if you would just accept the reality that, hey, the O-line stinks. That's a bleak reality, right? Because if that's the case, if the O-line truly stinks, you ain't beating Arkansas this week. I, I, you're just not. You're, you're not. So, again, I, I will... I will let you guys know my prediction, of course, on Friday, my score prediction. But, you know, I, I'll go ahead and go on record and say, like, I, I'm not expecting – I think it's going to be a good game. I, I think it's a toss-up game. You're not going to see anybody picking South Carolina to win this game. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think you will. There's nothing, in my opinion, that – and it will be an upset. It will be an upset because there's nothing out there concrete that tells you – South Carolina should win this game. South Carolina will win this game. Or that South Carolina has any glaring advantage in this game. There's nothing. There's nothing, you know. Um, and where it matters most, line of scrimmage, I think Arkansas just got the clear advantage. I mean, I, I think, I again, like I told you guys, I, I, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but I accepted earlier this week, hey, the O-line's at efficiency and we will have to win in spite of them. So how do you do that in this ballgame? I think, yet again, getting the ball to the outside quickly. I think trying to win in the passing game, getting getting Rattler out of the pocket, moving him around, getting creative in that regard. But I just I, – I would assume it'll be another sub-100-yard sub rushing game. I don't think he'll eclipse 100 yards. I mean, so prove me wrong. I mean, that, that, that's it. Prove me wrong. I stand by everything I've said all week long. I, I've seen some people on social media get their – get their feelings all hurt and get butt hurt. Guys, as, as my good friend Jake Crane said, if I wanted to make people feel good for a living, I'd go sell ice cream. That's, that's not what I'm doing here. And Hunter Kelly, here he goes. LMAO, it was only week one. Hunter, I understand. But it was only week one, and it was only the entire season last year. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like we just played one bad game. We played an entire bad season last year, Hunter. So... Yeah, I mean, it, it's discouraging to see what the offensive line did. I, I just, you cannot spin it in some garnet glasses spin zone. Like, you just can't do it. So, I'm not saying that play all year, but got to be a huge improvement. What's going on, man? How are you? 
Hey, Chris. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well, man. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Um, I was just calling in. So, uh, after the rankings yesterday, I know they really don't mean that much right yeah. now, but at, after the rankings yesterday, seven of our 11 remaining opponents are now ranked in the top 25. And then the other four, you got Missouri and Drinkwitz, who, you know, 3-0 and against us, and then an improved Vanderbilt team. Um, all these people saying, oh, it's week one, give them time to get better. Listen, it's not going to get any easier from here. I mean, maybe South Carolina State Charlotte stretch will be a little learning curve, um, but we got to get better now. Uh, there's, there is no later give it time. It's, it's going to be better now, or it's going to be a long season for us. Right. And, and listen, we're, we're all saying this too. It's just one game. That is an accurate statement. It was not good in week one on the offensive side, on the offensive line specifically. Doesn't mean you can't improve. Doesn't mean you can't make a major jump from week one to week two, right? Doesn't mean that can't happen. This weekend will tell us a lot. But to your point, you are correct. You now see, and I think a lot of folks probably see why, when you look at the schedule, just specifically the schedule, why people were picking the Gamecocks to go six and six. And many people just couldn't fathom it. But the schedule had something to do with it. It's, it's, it's not a schedule conducive to a major breakout year. You know what I mean? So, Right. And, and um, on this week, going into Arkansas – Man, we we if we're gonna win this weekend, we've got to get off to a good start. We can't have a slow start. And if we do, if we get out, if we get there and we can establish our offense and get going, please, for the love of God, Satterfield, do not let off the brakes. Please keep going. Don't start running the ball every and going three and out every time. Please keep the foot on the gas pedal. Yeah, I no, I'd agree, man. I'd agree. Getting off to a good start on the road. Uh, it's imperative, especially after a week of you know it's crazy. Um, after a week, a, a, a week where you won the first game, but you would not know it based off the chat. And I'm not even blaming anybody for that. It's just there were so many things left to be desired on that offensive side, um, and the way you played on the road last year. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's 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 of utmost importance you get off to a quick start. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, hopefully, man, I mean, we have no control over it. But, yeah, Satterfield keeping the foot on the gas pedal and, you know, just putting your best foot forward trying to win the football game. Because, again, we all agree it'd be a it'd be a, a massive, massive win if you can find a way to get it done. Absolutely. I appreciate you taking my call, Chris. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate it. Great stuff. 843-790-3377. Uh, somebody said that the chat needs a mod, right? Chris, you need a mod for the show. We got PMOD. We got PMOD. Let's see. Joey Guyton, this weekend will tell us a lot. Either going to say we're better than what we showed week one, or we're just going to have to say, yep, this is truly who we are this year. You know, and again, you hate to say, well, week two, who you are in week two is who you aren't going to be in week 13. Because, you know, the football team, you feel like, gets better. But again, guys, I, I think the point some people are missing is this. Right. The point some folks are missing is the people that say, well, it's, you know, it's just week one, man. It's just week. But I could argue like it's not just week one for the offensive line. That was their 130th. You talk about 129 career starts for the offensive line coming into that ball game. So it's not like you were starting a bunch of freshmen and you say, well, it's week one. They're going to improve. 
at some point it's like, when will it get figured out? Like, when will the light bulb moment come? If ever. You know what I mean? I think that that's the reason people feel some type of way. Because you can say that it's, well, you know, it's it's uh, it was week one. It, but like, was it week one for the O line? You know, that's what bothers me. Like, if, if Spencer Rattler didn't play his best game, and we'd argue we didn't, but let's just say the O-line played well and, and Rattler was kind of off, well, then the whole, like, it's just week one argument, I'd feel a lot better about. Like, yeah, week one in a new system, new scheme. You know, I get it, right? It's going to take time to acclimate. But, like, the offensive line does not have an excuse, man. If anything, if anything, game one of year two – in the system. They should be better. So, um, yeah, anyways. Anyway, I, like I said, I, I don't want to spend all week beating a dead horse, but I just keep seeing people say, man, it's just week one, calm down. But that's why people are, are, are in any other facet, hey, yeah, it's just week one. No big deal. But for this offensive line, like, it just – Anyways, Brian Dean, credit, Georgia State played with a chip on their shoulder. I mean, yeah, anytime you play a team like that, they're going to play hard for sure. Michael Cavalier says, I don't see that much of a gap between Arkansas and us except the offensive line. If the line makes the correction needed, I think we're going to see the improvements we've been talking about all offseason. Hey, we'll see. Michael, we'll see. That's a bit. And, and to your point, I agree. If the O-line plays well Saturday, we have a very good chance to win the football game. That's a big if. Michael, big if, big if, right? Let's see. Yeah, Coach Ford does make a point. Listen, I I, I argue with Coach Ford a lot, but he says it was week one for the defense as well. I mean, Coach Ford, you know, I mean, we all know, I think. There's certain things, there's certain football-isms Right? There's footballisms that are said to make fans feel better, right? In recruiting, it's, well, stars don't matter. When it comes to games and season openers, or when you're playing inferior opponents, well, we, we just didn't show the whole playbook. I mean, that, that's what it was. We only played 10% of our playbook. We didn't want to put anything on film. That's why the offense didn't look good. When you look sloppy in the season, well, I mean, it's just week one. I mean, it, you know, it, it's week one. Like, those football-isms that make fan bases feel better about their team and their situation, right? Because if you looked at the reality for what it is and faced it head on, well, that makes a lot of folks uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, t- am I wrong? Because every, every fan base does it, not just Carolina, you know? But 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 if we'd have went out there and scored 50 points, you know, would we still be saying, well, we didn't open up the playbook? You know what I mean? Like, well, we, you know, just, I don't know. And, I mean, I'm guilty of it. I say the same thing. You know, we're going to go beat Charlotte 38 to 14. Like, well, we just didn't open up the playbook. We, we didn't want to put anything on film for Kentucky. You know what I mean? That's what it is. I mean, Thomas Walker says – <laughs> let's uh, let's assume the O-line's going to improve. What are the choices we have? Well, Thomas, here's the problem with you saying that. And you can say that, but I 
and I'm sure you heard me. I preached all preseason. Hey, offensive line is going to be better. They can't be any worse. And I'll be damned if in week one against Georgia State, they may not have been worse, but they tried their damnedest to make me look stupid. I, I mean, they really did. They really did. So I'm, I'm kind of cautious to say, I'm kind of cautious to say, well, you know, they, they got to get better. Well, I don't know that they do. I, I don't know that they do. <laughs> I don't know that they do, my guy. I mean, I hope so. I would, I would think so. I would think so, right? I, would, I, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. And I don't want to like over-exaggerate or, 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 or be dr- overly dramatic, I should say, right? I don't want to be overly dramatic. But all we hear is the greatest improvement for a football team, a college football team, whatever, is made from week one to week two. That's what we hear, right? That's, that's, that's kind of the common conception or whatever. If this O-line looks like it did in week one, then I think I can confidently leave that game and say all of the criticism for that line was justified and the line is what I said they were, which is a deficiency and a weakness. And that won't be an unfair assessment. Because at that point, like, fine. Hey, game one, week one, everybody's giving you Gamecock Nation, all these diehards are giving you a pass which I don't think you really even deserve. But if you want to give them a pass, fine. But if you do the same thing in week two, it's like, well, you just kind of are what you are now. Not saying you can't improve, but like, you had that excuse in week one. So, we'll see. We'll see. Guys, we're going to jump into one final break. But I want to continue to hear from you. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 10 minutes or so here on the Daily Crow. And yes, before you remind me, I need to change that last slide. Obviously, the TSUS tour is in the books. I'm going to update that slide, I think, with our watch party schedule. Um, So just stay tuned. Either way, I know I need to update it. Uh, Appreciate you guys tuning in. Check out the podcast that dropped this morning, episode 699. Uh, Full breakdown of Shane Beamer's comments yesterday. Of course, it's Wednesday. We're talking gambling um best bet for carolina arkansas sec gambling picks week two and of course great combo chris doring of sec network um really appreciate chris taking the time always have a blast chatting with him and really really cool stuff you know he, he was on the call over the weekend for the georgia state game got to talk to both the gamecocks and panthers coaches over the course of last week so really really good stuff definitely highly suggest you check that out let's see Let's see. Uh, Chandler Butler. Many of you thought this is the year, and here we are already after week one talking about disappointment and letdown. Just accept it, and you'll be fine as I am. We're not a good football program. Oh, my goodness. L- listen, listen, listen. Here, I think here's what people need to understand, right? I'm going to react to each game as they happen, and I'm not going to apologize for doing so. The performance we saw against Georgia State, left many things to be desired, specifically on the offensive side. I don't even know how you can argue that. However, that doesn't mean, and I would almost guarantee that it doesn't mean like, well, that game against Georgia State just tells the tale for the entire season. No, it it, it doesn't. But 
And I think, again, this is where folks get confused, like on social media, and they just, oh, my God, you're doom and gloom. Guys, in a, in a one-game set, that is Georgia State, I am venting my frustrations over the way the offense performed. Was not good enough. That doesn't mean I'm expecting Carolina to lose every game it has left. I'm expecting improvement. But I'm just saying, like, why can we not be happy about the win, also be frustrated about the way the O-line played, and acknowledge it has to get better? That's it. But so many folks just, they just can't stand it, man. They just can't stand it. They can't stand a little a little criticism. They can't stand a little critiquing. Like, it's okay. Like, it's, it's fine, guys. It's fine. We got, we got 11 more to go. We're good. This Hey, that, like I said on the show on Monday, I think Pete Alt pointed it out. Hey, listen, you win this weekend at Arkansas, all is forgiven. All is fixed. All is fixed and all is forgiven, right? All is fixed, all is forgiven. Anyways, um, let's see. Travi says, real quick, we gave up 200 yards in the past game, in these this past game. I know we gave up some gash runs in the first series. Do you think we can stop this Arkansas rushing attack? Um, What do you define as stop, Travi? That'd be my Call question. Call from. Hold it. Cody, what's up, man? How are you? Oh, oh no. My name is Hunter. I don't know oh, why. Hunter, I, I guess I guess all the no, you're good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I uh, so I have to get this out of my system. So, um, it it is South Carolina football. You know, you you never know. Uh, good thing about our football program, you you never know who you're going to win or who you're going to lose, and especially back in Georgia, the Georgia uh, game back in 2019, because we we never knew that we were going to win that game at home, especially at their you know territory, and that's why I have a little kind of hopes uh, for this Arkansas game because, yeah, week one, we were terrible in offense, of course. And uh, I, I was watching the Marcus Satterfield live on YouTube, and clearly he was, you know, he had high hopes because of this, because uh, they practiced very well you know, this week. So, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he could just say that just because he's on live or something, but, you know, I, I have high hopes for the Arkansas game. I mean, listen, I, I, I will, as I, as I tell everyone, right, I will go through this week, we'll break it all down, I'll make my prediction. I'm going to wake up on Saturday extremely hopeful because I do view it still as a toss-up game. I do. Right. I view this as a toss-up. And to your point, my guy, we don't know what team's going to show up. It's Carolina football. You never know. So, like, yeah, you know, yeah. we, don't, we don't know what Arkansas team's going to show up. You know, how good are they really, right? So, we'll find out a lot this year. Or excuse me, this weekend we'll right. find out a lot this weekend. Um, but we, yeah, as we also all know, know there there are, there are some issues that have to get corrected going into that game to have any shot. Right. And I don't know if you've seen that Clemson game, but they were struggling too against uh, I don't know what the team is called that they were playing. Um, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. They, they yeah, they were uh, they were struggling too uh, with the uh, with them against the uh, first and second quarter, and we were the same way. So. I mean, who knows? I mean, it was South Carolina, so I guess you would never know with them. Hey, it, it, it truly, it's it's hard to, you know, hard to predict in week one or hard to draw conclusions because you just never know because, you know, these teams don't get scrimmages or preseason games or whatever. So, 
you know, we'll see. Right. We'll see, man. We'll see. So. All right. Well, that's all I need to say. I'll let you do your thing. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for the call. Great stuff. Yep. Uh, really, really good stuff, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, we got my guy. My guy, P-Doc, is going to kill me if I don't get to this question. Over under seven and a half wins for North High School baseball this year. No seniors last year. The whole team returns. They're playing in just 20 to 24 games. I'll give you the over. I'll give you the over. This is what, by the way, this is what P-Mod said after the game Saturday night, right after. He said, let's hear it. This team is ass, is what P-Mod said. Special teams are what Shane does, so it's expected. SEC will run us clean through the ground. <laughs> Mark Ryan, a.k.a. King Slapdick. No offense to Mark, because we love Mark, but this is what P-Doc said. Mark Ryan was spot on with his prediction of 6-6, six and six, and you got to be patient not expect anything until year five. That was immediately after the game, so you can tell the emotions are running high for our good friend P-Doc. But, hey, I mean, I get it, man. Hey, in the moment, in the moment. Uh, no, listen, I, I think – I think we've got a great shot to beat Arkansas. I think it's going to be a good game, a good back-and-forth game. Um, you guys will know my prediction later in the week. You'll know my prediction on Friday. I'll lock it in on the podcast. We'll break down this game. I'm jumping on the Hog Talk podcast or whatever the their show is tonight to talk about the game. Um, we'll break this thing down, dissect it every which way. I think it's going to be a good game. It's not like Carolina's playing Georgia this weekend. Like, Arkansas is a beatable team. This is a beat. This is a winnable game, and it's a huge game. It's a huge. Listen, week one was week one. Week one was week one. We know the problems. We know the issues that haunted us in week one. If and a major if, but if, if you can get those things corrected, if you can get those things corrected, take that into Fayetteville. You got a shot. You you have a real shot to win the football game, but it's got to get corrected. It, it's just it's got to get corrected. You will not win this game without sound play at the point of attack. You will not win this game without high-quality play on the line of scrimmage. You just have to. And so, I mean, that's what makes me so skeptical. That's what makes you guys so skeptical because of our, you know, what is our weakness, what is their strength. But nobody's sitting here saying it's impossible. Nobody's saying it's impossible. It's just, it's a tall task. On the road, you didn't play well on the road last year. But you never know. It's college football, guys. You never ever know guys that being said we've hit two o'clock appreciate you all tuning in thank you all so much uh for the love and support all the engagement the calls everything guys be sure to check out the podcast i dropped this morning stay tuned to all the content again thank you all so much for everything for the support all across the business the merchandise the podcast the live show social media y'all are the best again thank you all so much have a great rest of your wednesday and we will talk to you all tomorrow